There's only one answer. It's passion. People that have sold used aircraft for a higher price than they bought them. If you want to refurbish it, it's not just putting a nice carpet and a nice sofa. Our business has changed now. Let me introduce Jean-Louis, the person from Monaco, uh, which is in aviation for more than uh, 20 years. And uh, he works now for Butson Aviation. Today we are sitting in the uh, uh, airfield of uh, Friedrichshafen Airport while participating in uh, Friedrichshafen Aero, the first biggest show after COVID. How you started your career and why you chose aviation? That's a question we all get asked in aviation, and there's only one answer. It's passion. When you start in aviation, there's no coming back. We have the chance to, to work in an industry where people love what they're doing, and it's, it's a real opportunity. So I'm very proud to work in aviation. I love it. I would pay to do my job. <laughs> Don't tell my boss, though, but, uh, but it's very interesting. And we have the chance to work in an industry that not only only has the most technological advanced product, but business aviation is also something special. The top engineers doing the aerospace and aerodynamics calculation with the handwork of people doing woods, leather, to create those beautiful products. And that's a real passion. You have to not just think how it would be looking, but how, which weight it would be, what is the fire resistance, and probably some other things. Many things. You, you are engineer by your background? Yes, I'm an aeronautical engineer by oh, background. Okay. So it's your, uh, let's say, from the very beginning of your career, you were aware of what you are doing. I mean, uh, I had to choose among the different engineering discipline and I chose to go for aviation. And I heard, maybe it's wrong, that you personally started your career in Moscow. Yeah, I worked as a young engineer. I worked on the air traffic control system uh, used in Russia. And my first job was to train Russian engineers to using the new technology. So I also traveled a lot over Russia uh, to, to, to implement the air traffic control system and all the different so in systems. Fact, uh, the current air traffic control system in ex-Soviet Union been somehow done with your support? No, because afterward it changed a little ah, bit. Okay. But the current one in Switzerland, I did. Ah, okay. So, uh, yes, <laughs> part of it. But no, in Russia, they, they, they kind of done part themselves. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. I also heard that you've been uh, working with some big names uh, in, uh, mm -hmm. as, as Russian clients. Mm -hmm. so you know the way even owners how think, uh, mm -hmm. I mean mentality, uh, is it very much different from the European mentality? I think there's a lot of similarities uh, because the, um, the in business aviation one of the biggest challenge is you have people that are very successful, that know what they want, they want something and it's very important that we provide them what they want but our role is to translate what they wish into something that can be done. But probably it's not a question of mentality, it's a question that they are busy and they are concentrated yes. on other things. Yeah, yes, but I think it's the same uh, for Russia and any powerful or businessman. Uh, I haven't seen very much differences uh, in that respect. I think that all uh, powerful people and, uh, and influential, I didn't find so much of a different uh, mentality. It's very important that we serve them. These are people that you can't say no to. So you always have to say how. So you how have to much, find a solution. Yes. How much, 
how long, but not yes and not no. So, in fact, it's very standard international thing that uh, professionals have to prepare the decision for a decision maker who is not that deep in the subject. Exactly. They are not professionals dedicated to business aviation and it's our role to provide them with the best solution to fit their needs. What do you think about this show? Do you like the show itself? Uh... I mean, it's such a pleasure to be back on an air show. I think all the business has uh, been missing those big gatherings where we see new aircraft, where we meet our customers, where we meet our suppliers. And I think it's very important because it brings us all together with the product and there's a lot of new announcement happening. Tell us a bit of uh, your company and history of your company. So. So uh, I have a very, I'm very lucky person to work for a, a, a man who was a Formula One champion. So Thierry Boutsen founded the company. When he was a champion of Formula One, he used to travel a lot. So he bought his first aircraft. And then after a while, he had some friends asking him, how did you buy it? So he started helping them buying and selling aircraft. And that's how he started the business. And now we're probably one of the largest broker in the world, the largest in Europe, definitely, uh, selling aircraft with more than over 400 aircraft already sold. The company is based in Monaco. And how old is the company? Oh, it's uh, more than 20 years old. Mm. And um, so you just sell second-hand aircrafts or you do also help with uh, management or refurbishment? Tell us a bit of this. I mean, our core business is aircraft brokering, so we sell aircraft. It can be new uh, as well. We, uh, uh, the, the very important thing is we help customers. So if the customer comes in and says, you know, I want to buy a second-hand aircraft, we do that. If he wants to buy a new one, we negotiate as well for him. And if he has some, uh, uh, typically on very large aircraft, very large cabin like Boeing and Airbuses, there is a, a component is you don't buy it turnkey. You need to specify what you want, you need the cabin done and the refurbishment and the design. And that also we do and we help. I heard that uh, you personally have been working on uh, projects of uh, Boeing or ACJ. Mm -hmm. uh, tell us how it works. So, I mean, do you buy empty bird and then uh, mm -hmm. feel inside? Tell, tell us how, how it works. The manufacturer, Boeing and Airbus, they sell the aircraft what they call green. So it's the same aircraft that will that goes into production that may be, become an airliner. But it's taken out of the line if necessary to become a VIP jet. And there are some big modification done to the aircraft so it can fly for uh, like a private jet. And typically the cabin is not standard. It's really tailor-made and designed specifically for the need of the buyer. So there are many options and this is typically where we help a lot the customers because it's very important that we understand what he needs, what he wants and that we can design with him the best cabin. So our role then is to uh, help find the best designer, the best engineer so they can tailor-made the aircraft. And you know uh, all these type of uh, companies, uh, mm -hmm. are they in the United States or European also? Or? Mm -hmm. 
I mean, there are many. Uh, I would say uh, the, 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 there are quite a few in the United States, of course, but Switzerland is also a very important hub uh, because it has a lot of know-how in terms of cabin, uh, in terms of uh, refurbishment of cabins. So, so we work a lot with uh, in Switzerland as well. Uh, but the designer can come from anywhere. We work with all kind of designer. And now with COVID, uh, uh, the number of passenger regular lines, flights reduced. Mm -hmm. So and the pricing for the second-hand uh, airline uh, aircrafts reduced. Is it theoretically possible to buy one of these and with your support to make the refurbishment from airline to the private jet? I don't recommend that. Why? Because the um, the aircraft itself, just I'll give a few examples probably to make my case, is the avionics on the cockpit. On a private jet it will fly anywhere in the world. On an airliner it will be designed only to fly a specific route. So the computer may not hold enough data. That's just one example. Typically toilets, all the all the other systems which you don't think about are not necessarily designed the same way. So it's very important to understand that if you want to refurbish it, it's not just putting a nice carpet and a nice sofa. Oh, okay. So it's more technical. Uh, there are innovation. a lot but of technical aspects. Theoretically, aspect. it's possible. Theoretically, it's possible. Some people have done it. Some people have done it successfully. I'm not sure a lot of people have done it successfully and cheap. Uh, but I understand that it's not also the question of the price, but it's uh, in aviation, one of the key issues is the weight. Yes, of course. If uh, the green bird uh, uh, has a range of 10,000, whatever, 15,000 kilometers, does it mean that after the conversion to the private jet, it could do the same or not? It really depends on the type of cabin. You have cabins weighing from, uh, I would say, a ton to three tons. And according to that, you will not have the same range. So uh, as anything in engineering, you have trade-offs and you have to make the right decisions according to what you wish to accomplish. So I think in this market, there are some very good opportunities, uh, some second-hand aircraft that you can buy, uh, even on the large cabin jets, at, at a very good price. So um, I think uh, a total refurbishment project is not necessarily the easiest thing and the most cost-efficient. Okay, but the standard, um, uh, standard question by the potential client, okay, the ranch is not sufficient why don't we put extra fuel tanks uh, like two three four fuel tanks <laughs> because fuel tanks they weigh as well so uh, basically if you increase the weight uh, you exactly so it's not so, a question of sufficiency uh, of the, of the yeah, fuel it's and, uh, a question of the uh, weight of the fuel the weight and the balance of the aircraft because as you fly the balance of the aircraft changes so it's all in the cabin uh, as well match there's a lot of engineering uh, uh, going on behind uh, the design and you need to meet all the criteria to be able to fly in a, in a safe conditions. It's not a secret that Monaco is a very Russian place, so mm -hmm. quite a number of Russian-speaking people there or oriented or targeted mm -hmm. to Monaco. After Covid everything, everybody been really optimistic, mm -hmm. then the war started. Mm -hmm. What do you think about Monaco? If you are exposed, uh, what are the tendencies? right now 
I mean, I think the French Riviera in generally has a long history of, of love with the Russians. Um, I think that that will remain, uh, and and I hope that everything ends up peacefully and that we can continue to enjoy the so way no it is. Any personal negative uh, reaction? So it's mm. it's more political uh, in respect mm. to the general government, but not uh, person-to-person things. I mean, person-to-person things may go in, uh, by, but the love between cultures and, and population, they remain. I think this, if you go to, uh, uh, to Monaco, you should go and visit in Menton, the Russian cemetery. Oh, okay. And then you'll see that there's hundreds of years of uh, Russians that were coming to the French Riviera. Is it correct saying that uh, if person would buy aircraft right now, mm-hmm. uh, Theoretically, let's say if you sell it in five or ten years' time, probably he would sell it at the same price. Uh, that's um, that's possible, but it's, I can't I can't yeah, promise it. Sure. It has happened, but the depreciation, the h- highest depreciation, goes on from new to the first few years, of course. To, uh, but afterwards, it really depends. I've seen people that have sold used aircraft for a higher price than they bought them. Even that is possible. Yes, yes, even that is possible. I currently just sold one. Uh, I'm currently selling it. It's not finished yet, at a higher price than the person bought it 10 years ago. Is it easy right right now to buy second-hand aircraft? Or? Uh, today the market, market is booming. So after COVID, I think a lot of people want to travel more and appreciate the benefits of business aviation. So we see a lot of people contacting us and trying to buy aircraft. But there is no aircraft for buying anymore. So many buyers, too few sellers. It's not a question of money. It's not a question of money. It's It's a question probably of proper contacts. It is. At the moment, uh, our business as a broker, we used to look for buyers. So somebody contacts us, I want to sell my aircraft, and then we look for buyers. Our business has changed now. Now we're looking for sellers. So if you want to buy an aircraft, we say, fine, but we want a mandate from you to look for the right aircraft because it sells too quickly. I've missed many opportunities with buyers saying, I want to buy, but they don't understand necessarily that shopping an aircraft nowadays is you really need to be ready to to purchase it right away when the opportunity arises. The, the, the market now is really under the counter. It's happening among brokers, where among ourselves, we know this buyer is serious, this seller is serious, and we try to match uh, the demand and supply. And from investment point of view, from the point of view of potential investor, mm-hmm. uh, we should probably say that liquidity of the aircrafts mm-hmm. seriously increased uh, recently. Yes? So, I mean, it's asset which is easy to sell. No, it's not an asset easy to sell, uh, because it's, it's not a liquid market. Market. There's very low supply, and of course the market balances with prices. Yes. But there's friction in this market. I mean, uh, you've bought aircraft, so you know that it takes weeks, months 
So, and that's kind of taking time. We are, of course, our role is to make the market as liquid as possible. But uh, uh, it still takes months for price to adapt, for people to realize. So it's not a very liquid market because we don't have that many units as well. You know, we don't have that many transactions. So for example, the price, we see them readapt on a, on a commodity. You see that fluctuation happen almost daily. Here, we know because we have the pulse on the market that the prices are going up, the prices are going down. And then you have some publication coming months later telling us, by the way, the price went up. So, so it's very important to talk to professionals who can tell you what the, where the price is moving. Do you see any change from the bank's perspective? Do they uh, change any mentality right now? Because I understood that in COVID times they didn't want to intervene in any aviation things. Mm -hmm. Now is it improving? The banks uh, have always been uh, uh, interested in that class of assets for them. It's a very important class of assets. Um, and they become very sophisticated. They understand uh, very good now what the, what the kind of risk it is. And And uh, we have very good relationship with them because they come to us to value aircrafts and to ask us how to help them and also finance them. So it's a very good uh, relationship we have with them and it's very important on both sides. During COVID, many people uh, flew first time in their life in private jets. Mm -hmm. uh, they used to fly private jets mm -hmm. and uh, we expect to see, to meet quite a number of uh, uh, people who want to become aircraft owners, mm -hmm. but they never ever had aircrafts before, they never been driving anything else than uh, Ferrari. Mm -hmm. So uh, are you ready to work with the newcomers and what what would you suggest how, how you would uh, organize this type of uh, work? Because people don't know anything about it. I mean, my advice generally for a newcomer to this business is find someone you can trust. Uh, of course, I hope that they come to uh, Boots and Aviation, but if it's not Boots and Aviation, find someone who has experience in this business. You will find a lot of people unexperienced giving you wrong advice. With over 400 transactions we've done, we've kind of learned that. And many times we've found people with the wrong aircraft, with the wrong need, with the wrong financing, and trying to sort out the situation. First question you must ask is, is the person I'm talking to, my broker, someone trustworthy? How many transactions has he done? What are the experience of the people advising me? And if you feel comfortable with that, then you can move forward. But I'm sure that uh, working with you, that, that will bring confidence. The first time you meet the client who, is buying, who wants to buy aircraft, first time in his life. Yes. And you, your role is to suggest him to buy, let's say, in his understanding, red or blue or green aircraft. <laughs> so you have to suggest him a model probably, yes? And yes. which questions to define the model, which questions you would ask? I want to listen to why he wants to buy, 
where he wants to fly, how he sees it, his experience previous, what he liked, what he didn't like. Basically, we start from there. What is the scope? Where does he travel? How frequently? With how many people? Uh, is it professional? Is it private? Is it a mix? Uh, and then we kind of start getting a full uh, a picture. What was his past experience? Has he chartered before? Has he flown with friends? Uh, what did he like? What did he did not like? And so then we kind of try to sort out different options from that, and then we come back to them to him with various options of various things we offer to him. Would you rather go this way or this way? But I think it's very important that we go through the decision tree with him, making the decision step by steps and validating those decisions. Did you like that? Do you want to go further? or you don't like it, or we go a different way. So, and this is, communication takes time, so it, it does require his time, but we do need his time to get it right for him. We would be happy to see newcomers, new mm -hmm. clients coming to visit us in Monaco. Yes. And we hope, would be happy to represent them to you. <laughs> Definitely, I, I look forward. And I understood that your schedule in the exhibition at mm -hmm. uh, Friedrichs Hafen Air Show is very, 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 very tight. And mm -hmm. uh, I noticed that, you know, almost everybody here in the market, mm -hmm. everybody coming around saying hello to mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. And I want to say thank you to you for your time because mm -hmm. It's uh, been really difficult to, to catch you here. <laughs> and uh, thank you very much. And we hope that uh, we will be coming with clients together shortly to you and uh, start uh, a new projects. Thank, thank you, you Vitaly. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. And, see, and meet you soon in Monaco. <laughs> see you in Monaco soon. Thank okay, you, Vitaly. Thank you.